Hello and welcome to episode 381 of the VegGrab podcast. My name's Richard and I am on a mission to grow as much food as I can in my allotment and garden. Now I'm just clearing out my shed but coming up a bit later on we're going to be talking to Robert from Safe Soil UK about testing soil. But firstly while I continue to clear out my shed let's find out what I've been up to over this last week. It is Saturday the 23rd of January 2021 today. I'm going to start off because I'm probably in a bit of a sombre mood. Um, yesterday we unfortunately lost my wife's nan and my step-granddad due to Covid. Now this is obviously quite difficult and I, and for me it's really brought home how serious covid really is i probably haven't taken it that seriously in the past but we have lost two members of our family which is absolutely heart-wrenching and it's times like this that i find myself just remembering how they were and something that always sticks out and it's happened with all my grandparents is how they were in the garden or how they would love growing their own if there was one vegetable they always grew my step-granddad always remember growing beans and having apple trees in, in large buckets in his garden. So quite a interesting development to say the least. I don't want to bring that down. So we'll try and do my best to move on. Now the last couple of days I've actually been on furlough. And I've been concentrating on cutting down the old shed panels that we have in our garden. Now this is a 6 by 4 shed that we have was in place where I currently have my new shed and also a collection of other fence panels and stuff that we've hoarded over the years with a view that we will cut them down and burn them well I spent the last couple of days just cutting these down so that we can throw them in our fireplace ready to burn it's quite time consuming doing this and it's not as easy as it sounds the idea being though once we've got all this wood clear we can then take down the ivy and the other shed and then really start putting together our garden. Now I did say this weekend I was going to be building a new bed but I've decided to hold off on this just for a little while because my old potting shed which is still standing at the moment made of corrugated iron and perspex. I want that to come down pretty soon it's going to be hard to take it down but once that's down I feel we've then got plenty of space in which to move on and having a bed in a way might just prove a bit difficult. So I'm going to focus on really removing that first. Then we'll take down other bits and pieces, but at least we've freed up that space so I can build in more of my beds. And that all relies on getting rid of all these other bits of offcuts of wood. So I'll concentrate on that. Now, the other day I did actually need a break, so I popped to a DIY shop and I brought five 100 litre bags of multi purpose compost, peat free. Not cheap, but I figured I want it here. Now, last year I struggled with multi purpose compost when I needed it due to lockdown and everything being shut. And I said I think I, in the future, will bulk buy at the beginning of the year. And make sure I have it here, which is what I've done. Now, I did think of buying a big thousand litre bag, but then I figured, how am I going to get that down into the garden? 
And so I stuck with just buying them into in smaller bags, which at 100 litres, they're still pretty damn heavy, but at least I can transport them. And I've just left those outside my shed for now. We'll move them around as and when we need them. And the main reason I've got these is just so that they are here as and when I need them. And added to that, last week obviously I got my four bags of seed compost. So we've got quite a bit of compost, which hopefully will see us throughout this year. Now today, as being Saturday, I'm continuing to cut down all this wood. So important that I get this wood cut down. Now we're looking at some of this corrugated iron that's going to come off the shed and I'm thinking they're going to make some great beds down on the allotment. So we'll save that. But something else I did do. Now my chickens, obviously I like to clean my chickens out on a weekly basis at a minimum. But being that the chickens and bird flu have got to stay in their pen, it's not been that easy to really look after them as well as I would like. I mean, I hate the fact that they are confined to their own pen. But today I managed to give them a really good clean out, kept them in as much as I could. They tried to get out, of course, but gave them a really good clean out, which makes me feel just a little bit better. It's not easy to do, like I say, because they are locked in their pen 24 hours a day and don't really get much freedom. And they are looking a little bit bored at times. I've had as much as I can to give them some entertainment in fact i've got a ball that hangs from the top of their pen that we fill with corn and they come along and knock it and the corn falls all over the place and that provides a bit of entertainment i've added a, a mirror that also provides them with some entertainment hanging a cd so the sun reflects light that also gives them some entertainment as well but it is horrible not having them out in the open so yes, that's what I've been up to today and over the last couple of days. A pretty intensive cutting this wood down, but we're getting there. We are getting there and it's so important that once it's done, we ain't got to worry about it again. <laughs> it's Sunday the 24th of January 2021 today. I'm in my potting shed, or podding shed as I like to call it. And I've been doing quite a few bits in here today. Now, usually Sunday would be the day I'm looking to go down the allotment. But today, I didn't go down there. I haven't been down there last weekend either, thinking about it. So, it's been a couple of weeks since I've gone down there. But down there, the ground is so wet at the moment. And we don't actually have easy access due to roadworks that are going on alongside. So... I'm not overly worried. I think once these roadworks are finished, which won't be for another couple of weeks, we get access again. It'll be plain sailing. We'll just go on down there and see what we can then do. And, and hopefully by then the weather will be better and the ground will be dried out so I can really crack on and get on top of things there. At the moment, I've got plenty of things to do at home, including sowing seeds and getting ready. So what have I done today? Well, today I came into this shed. Now, I brought three larger trays, gravel trays. I did have one of my grow bag trays, which I used in the old shed, but it wasn't quite big enough for what I wanted. I mean, it was plenty big enough for plants and everything, but it just didn't make good use of the space. So I brought three other trays, which actually make a much better use of the space and I can fit many more plants in there. Now I've lined each of these tray with my wicking material which just acts as a bit like a sponge, holds on to a bit of moisture for a little bit longer and then just produces, well, keeps the plants well watered for a little bit longer. 
Now into these three trays I've added my onions which are in root trainers. There's three trays of them. One tray is actually out in the greenhouse to see how it copes with the cold weather at the moment and if it does okay the next two will follow. In one of these root trainers I've actually got a couple of spinach plants which again they'll probably go outside into that greenhouse or with the onion well they have to go with the onions to be honest once I feel they are going to survive out there. I've also pot into uh, these trays a few pots of tarragon. Now this tarragon was sown in December and it's been germinated and grown really well. I've potted them on into individual pots last week, I think it was. And now I'm just making sure that they are, continue to grow. I will actually probably pot one of these tarragon pots in my kitchen windowsill in the not too distant future. Now after that I then potted up and pricked out some marjoram again into individual pots which really do look good. I do like marjoram and it, it, it left my hands with this beautiful smell of marjoram. Now just like the tarragon this is to provide us with some really good herbs throughout spring summer and I will be moving these out into the greenhouse once I feel they are strong enough, at the moment they need to really pot on some really good roots. So it's not crucial at the moment, but I'm just keeping a close eye and seeing how they get on. Which brings me quite nicely on to something else I've sown, is my leeks. A variety is Musselberg. Now, I always sow my leeks into a polystyrene box, which has worked so well for me over the last few years. I filled the polystyrene box about half full with multi-purpose compost, tamped it down with my new tampers that my dad's made for me, and then we've uh, just sprinkled the leek seeds over the top and then sprinkled over some seed sowing compost, and that will then go into the greenhouse with a perspex lid over the top where they will germinate which is ultimately what they want i'm guessing actually these might end up going down the allotment quite soon in all honesty in the greenhouse on the allotment because i've got plenty of room down there and might as well make the most of it so yes a very very productive and worthwhile day today mainly here in this well all here in this pot and shed actually and you know what? I absolutely love working in this shed now. This is really pleasing me because it's doing exactly what I wanted. That'll be it for this week's diary section. And uh, therefore, what we're going to do is run one of my commercial breaks. And then we're going to be chatting to Robert from Safe Soil UK about testing soil. A few months ago, I launched the VegGrow Podcast Supporters Club. Each month I send out a gift pack of a collection of seeds to sow each month along with a newsletter. I also produce behind the scenes podcasts or videos providing club members with extra content. And we are constantly adding extra features to improve the club. It costs just £5 a month and current members tell me that they have found that the seeds alone are value for money. This also helps me keep the podcast and the website running and more importantly, it helps me encourage and inspire more people to grow their own food. Now, if that sounds like something you are interested in joining, then head over to the vegroundpodcast.co.uk to find out more. But if you want to support the podcast without becoming a member, we also have merchandise available on the website, including mugs and 
t-shirts or leave a review on your podcast service or share this podcast with others it all goes a long way to help supporting the veg ground podcast Well, it's amazing just how much junk we seem to accumulate in sheds, isn't it? I found lots of gloves and other bits of items that I thought would come into use one day, but in the end, they end up just sitting on a shelf doing nothing. So this is where having a good clear out really is playing its part. Now, once this is cleared out, it means this shed is ready for demolition, which is going to be a bit sad, but necessary, as you heard in the diary. I'm going to carry on with this, but I've got an interview with my guest today. Now, my guest reached out to me to come on the podcast in order to discuss soil testing. Now, this is something that I I don't believe many of us gardeners worry too much about. But as you'll hear in this conversation with Robert, it certainly made me think more about what could well be within the soil. Now, I started this interview by asking Robert to tell me a bit about his background. I am, as you can probably tell by the by the accent, I should, I should maybe maybe not uh, not exactly, but I should I should I should clarify. I'm I'm Canadian, ah. uh, not not from south of us. Um, uh, I moved to the UK about uh, twenty odd years ago, and um, uh, you know the long long dull history of that. But um, as ever, there was a there was a girl involved, and uh, that's how these moves happen. Anyway. Um, uh, the, 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 the idea, um, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but the, the, the idea for, um, for a safe soil really, um, stemmed from a, from a, from a situation we, I and my partner found, found ourselves in, um, quite a few years ago now, where we came across a, um, a story that, um, our, um, our urban garden was once next to next to our garden in our in our um, in our central London home. Very small garden, I might add. We came across a, a story that, a, that that there had been a, um, a battery factory next door uh, many many years previous, and um, started to think that doesn't sound like the, um, the the sort of nicest place to 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 grow grow vegetables for um, that that you'd want to eat. So the idea of testing the soil to make sure that there was nothing hanging around in it um, came up, and this was to say that this wasn't easy would be um, would be a major major uh, understatement. It's a, it's a complicated subject, and of course, once you once you find a lab to do the actual chemical testing, um, the lab will ask you what it is you want to test for, and you of course would be hoping that they would tell you what uh, what it is that um, you want to test for so then then you break off into into researching what could possibly be lurking in the soil long long process um finally you get uh, you come up with a list of things you wanted to test for and then well this is this, this actually happened to us we was um with a series of numbers uh, the results of our of our kind of chemical analysis and when we asked what these uh, what these numbers meant the answer was that that's not something that the app does. It simply provides the results. So then, then the task really started in attempting to to interpret these things. And we we got to thinking that um, you know this this is entirely too complicated for a problem that's probably rather rather common. Um, and then when we got around to to actually setting this up, and we 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 did all the research to find out what it is that we needed to be testing for and and then interpreting those results and finding all the safe reuse levels that either the UK government or the EU or even further afield in, in Canada and Australia that they use. 
putting all this stuff together and interpreting those results and, and, and analyzing them, um, it was was quite a task. And we thought this is this is something that we should um, we could probably make a little bit more more straightforward, a little bit easier. Um, since we started, the the funny thing is that that probably half of our business is not around contamination testing, but rather around fertility testing. And that that actually surprised me because I always thought. And this is, you know, we're listening to your podcast and, and, and your, your, as your, your, your trials and tribulations of the, at the allotment. Gardeners tend to, tend to, in my experience anyway, tend to, tend to have a pretty good feel for what works and what doesn't. So I was very, very surprised to hear how much, to see how much interest is in um, the fertility of soil. And indeed, as I said, it's it's, it's half of our business, and it's um, and it's 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 interesting. I thought I thought that, that gardeners tended to be stubborn, and indeed, I was stubborn. When I when I set out, it wasn't there was no telling me what was going to grow in my garden. I knew best. As it turned out, I I, I knew very little, uh, or or at least there was a lot more to learn, and um, and that that can be interesting as well. One of the questions I wanted to ask is why bother doing a test? Because in the nicest possible way, I've not known anybody to actually test their soil, apart from doing a pH test or kits that you can buy from a garden centre. However. You yeah. hit the nail on the head when you said you discovered that next door was a battery factory and there's every chance all those chemicals could be leaking into your soil. And these days where so many more new build houses are being built on old factories or, or, or any number of things that we don't know what was on the ground before, it makes you wonder what has gone into that soil. For example, a friend of mine's mm-hmm. who took up their own veg patch or, or grow their own a couple of years ago their actual garden, the previous owners, used to dismantle cars in that very area she was Uh-oh. growing in. And who knows what chemicals were found within that soil. And this has got me thinking, Is why test? And that's a very, very good example there of why we would bother testing. We don't know what's happened on that soil. And that could lead to contaminants going into the food that we're growing. Absolutely. And, and, and actually, the, the, more we, the more we looked into it... Um... So the the, the situation the, the scenario you describe um, where where uh, past industry um, industrial use or, or or even hobbyists as you say said somebody just had a had a hobby of uh, dismantling or, or rebuilding cars and what have you that's that's certainly a, a big part of it um, and and we know that our, our urban uh, urban growing spaces. Um, have previously been used for all sorts of all sorts of things, factories and 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 uh, heavy, rather heavy industry. And, and as our towns spread and grew around them, we we changed the use of this land, and and, and that was that was something that we inherited. But there is um, the, there is more to it in that in that um, you know it, it doesn't it doesn't need to necessarily come from previous use um, in in heavily built up areas. We have situations where where proximity to a um, to a very busy road, for example, will will result in in, in some very nasty things um, from settling on the soil. So if you if you live um, if you live on a on a on a busy road, buses and things like that in the center of town somewhere, you you can you, your house may never have been the site of a of heavy industry, but but just the proximity to that heavy road, the, the stuff will travel and and. Things like, you think, for example, that we were using leaded gasoline um, up until not that long ago. Um, you know, 30 years ago, leaded gasoline, or leaded petrol, rather, um, sorry, my, my Canadian roots um, got the better of me there, was, was, was in use. Um, and, the, and the lead uh, was dispersed in the exhaust. It, it settled on the ground, and it doesn't go anywhere. The lead persists. 
and and these are these are these are situations where where you think, goodness goodness gracious, asbestos is another thing. You know, it was it was widely used. Again, it's it continues to exist in buildings. It's fine if it's there, but as soon as you pull down a building, for example, the, if you're not doing these days, everything is tends to be done properly. But up until say 20 years ago, you would you would demolish um, demolish a building that had asbestos in it and release the fibers. Uh, into the environment, they would again settle in the in the areas surrounding them, and again that nothing happens to them until you disturb the the ground when you're you're growing your growing your veg, and um, unbeknownst to you, you're you're disturbing these things, and you're 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 setting them up, uh, you're freeing them up into the air, and you breathe them in, and and all sorts of very very nasty things can happen. So 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 our environment is um is is a bit of a mess, and and it has been for a long time. It's getting better, but some of these things um, some of these things persist. I was going to mention actually the, the the other interesting thing is that um, an awful lot of our allotments are um, across the UK are are located in places you know former railway yards next to you know areas next to railway tracks disused or, or otherwise. Um, it's it's um, it's it's interesting, but so, sometimes that, that that history can can lurk in the, in the soils there, and if we're not careful, we can. Um, as we say, better it's better be safe than 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 sorry, I suppose. But um, it's uh, it, it it can get nasty. It and I should I should double back because it sounds like I'm I'm scaring the bejesus out of everyone, and I don't um, I don't mean to. The, the the vast majority of our of our clients, um, you know, want uh, are after peace of mind, and that's um, and usually that's what happens. And occasionally, when things turn up, you know, that there are there are things you can do. Um, uh, but most most of the, most of the time, it's about that peace of mind. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess I've heard people who've had to test and they've found arsenic in their soil, but arsenic, I believe, is found within soils naturally anyway. So some people can get worried by it when there's no need to get worried. Is that something you've came across? Absolutely. So all of the. Um, I think all of the heavy heavy metals, the arsenic, um, lead, mercury, copper, iron these these things um, are naturally occurring substances. Um, there are um, and and an awful lot of work has uh, has gone into this, and an awful lot of research has gone into this. And uh, the UK, um, as well as governments around the world, have um, have struggled because there isn't any any sort of um, magic number there is a line ab- above which you you will die and below which you will you will live forever it just doesn't it just doesn't work that way so you look at all the at all the evidence the you weigh the the, the various factors you look at all the studies and animals and, and previous experiences of, of, of people have have fared in these conditions and you try to try to set these levels and um, in the in the UK we have um, we have safe for use levels that we that we use um, as a, as a guide, and it, it's 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 important to stress that that line is never very you know it's never um, terribly precise. But you know, um, for example, lead, and it's an odd one. Lead in the UK, we we don't have a, a number for it, so we look further afield. In New York, for example, uh, which 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 has a history of heavy industry and of course high traffic, they use a um, a threshold of um, I believe four hundred. Um, it's uh, parts per million or milligrams per kilogram, and that's just a, a line they use. So if you if you get a result, for example, for lead, and it's um, 401, you think that chances are this isn't going to be an issue for you. Um, but if it comes back at 2,000, 
then maybe just maybe there is something to, to think about. And, and so you use your, your own judgments. They're not, they're never very precise, you know, lines in the, in the sand, but there, there are certainly indications. And then furthermore, of course, you, you can look at what it is you're growing and, and some things are more susceptible um, to picking up some of these elements from the soil and taking them in. So some plants absorb them a lot more. And then you, when, when you consume these, 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 this produce, you, you end up ingesting it. Um, lead is a nasty one because it builds up in our, in our organs. And once you have lead poisoning, it's a very, very unpleasant situation. But, it, but it, the effects of it are, 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 are so varied and, and so, so perhaps mild at the, at the beginning that you, you think it's any number of other things. And you may actually be suffering from lead poisoning, which is situations that have occurred in, in the U.S., lawsuits and things like that as a result of it. It, it's just a, it's just a, just coming back to the question it's just a guide really it gives you an indication where you should what you should you should be thinking about perhaps if you do get some of these elevated um, elevated readings and there are there are probably times where you you get some results and you think this is really um, just entirely too risky um, and then you can look at um, sort of um, a variety of remediation strategies I mean uh, the most basic one would be um, to lay some mulch down and cover the ground so that the the, the the elements in the in the soil aren't kicked up into the air. Particularly important if you have kids, because kids tend to tend to eat everything they touch as well, uh, which is a rather direct way of ingesting whatever may be in there. Um, and and using raised beds, which as you get older, I, I might add, is um, is uh, is a hell of a lot more comfortable because you don't have to bend over as much. I don't even think that applies when you get older. Even when you're younger, you like quite like uh, raised beds. It makes life easier. Exactly. So let's say somebody out there does want to go and test their soil. How would they go about it? So the the process we've we've um, we've set up is um, uh, is is one where we, we've set out a series of um, of testing suites, which are testing packages. Um, and whether you want to test for the fertility of your soil, and again, how, how deep you want to go into that, uh, or whether you want to check for contamination, you, you pick the, the, the suite that you're interested in on the website, you order it, and once you've, once you've chosen the, 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 test, um, the test you want to run on, on your soil, we will send you a testing kit, which is a, um, which is a box, um, and it, depending on the, on the suite you've chosen, We'll have some containers in it. Um, these can be a plastic, a plastic Ziploc bag. This could be a um, an amber jar. Again, depending on what you want to test for. Some of the some of the chemical tests, the amber jar needs to be full right to the top because both light and air um, can affect the readings afterwards. So it's um, it's important to 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 make sure that the samples aren't um, are, don't deviate. The the kit will include instructions on how to take a sample. Again. Um, we use something called a, a composite sampling method, which is um, which which suggests that that growers take a little bit of soil from a variety of areas in their growing space, mix it in one, and then take a sample of that, put it back in the containers, put it back in the box. The box will already have the address the address of the um, of our lab. Um, postage is prepaid. Um, you seal the box with your sample inside. Drop it off at a post box um, or a post office if that's um, if that's easier. We then analyze the uh, analyze the samples. Um, we try to turn them around um, within a week, uh, five working days. So depending on where the weekend falls, um, once we have the results, we will um, we will issue a report. Again, the, the report will have the figures. As I said at the beginning, um, these can be rather complex. So the report goes into a description of all the elements that are test, tested for, as well as the result, as well as the thresholds that, uh, recommended by the UK or 
further afield if there aren't any UK, say, freeze levels available. Um, our sort of standard contamination test, just to give you an idea of just how much information there is, the, the standard contamination test report is, um, is 80 pages. Um, so it's a, it's a bit of a tome. You can just jump to the, to the results, of course, and um, the summary page. But if you're interested in reading more about some of the things that um, may be in your sample, the information is all there with links. Um, we do this online, so you get a, a link to, to the document. You don't need to print it out. But also there's a lot of links to, uh, for, for further reading. Um, and on the fertility side, um, some recommendations based on, um, based on results, so trying to alter the, the pH or trying to, to work with um, particular texture of soil. I mean, people who have um, heavy clay will know that you know, this, is, uh, this is hard work and sometimes there isn't a great deal you can do if, if your soil is very, very heavy, but there are some suggestions nevertheless. And, and of course, when it comes to basic things like pH, when you said you, know, you can get a meter, um, you know, an awful lot of people will, 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 will have heard of, of, of pH, soil pH, but perhaps not quite understand what the hell it actually means. So a basic description of the of that and, and many other things is also um, is also included. Over the years you've been doing this, have you had any tests that have really stuck out in your mind that have really surprised you? Yeah, um, both ways. Um, I've had um, I've had clients where um, you know um, where someone describes um, a past a past use. Um, I mentioned a, a, a railway yard. Um, so I had a client who who knew that the property had been a, a, a railway staging yard and had mentioned dig, digging up um, various bits of, of industrial junk, nuts and bolts and things like that, in the, in, which prompted him to get a test. And I thought this is, um, I was convinced this would not end very well. And uh, perhaps surprisingly, uh, I suppose the, the developer had um, had done a decent job or, or maybe they had, or maybe they're just lucky. The results came came back perfectly clean. Very, very marginal levels of some things, but but nothing approaching the thresholds. On the side, um, you know, um, I've I've uh, I've had um, I've had clients who who have run a test because they 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 thought well just to, just as I said earlier just to just to be safe um, and all sorts of nasty things um, have, have have come back again. Uh, it, you, you just you just never we um, whether it's you know it's past industry whether it's um, whether it's heavy traffic in urban areas. You know, even even um, even even a farming um, history of farming can 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 result in some in some um, nasty surprises. Um, uh, I've had a client who who had a, a veg patch. Um, turned out uh, this would have been a sheep farm, and they. Um, the sheep dip was located near their growing space. Now, sheep dips way back when, you know, they would throw the sheep in so that the, the fleas and, and various ticks would, would be killed with the chemicals that they were using were very, very nasty things indeed. And I don't think they're used anymore. But again, this stuff lurks in the ground for, I don't know, forever, but for a very, very long time. So even though it had been, hadn't been used for 50 years, the levels were, were, were still very much there. So it, it, it really, it goes, it goes both ways. Very fascinating. How much does one of these kits cost? So this is uh, this is this is a question. <laughs> <laughs> the the costs um, vary uh, a great deal. Um, our our cheapest uh, our cheapest test, which is a basic uh, metal screen, which just looks at ten um, predominant heavy metals, including lead, mercury, arsenic, starts at uh, uh, thirty five pounds plus VAT. Our um, 
uh, our fertility tests, uh, sort of the advanced gardening suite um, is 115. A standard contamination test that includes the heavy metals, but also things like asbestos and um, hydrocarbons, phenols, things, nasty, nasty things like that, is 150. Um, our most expensive test is all of those things and in it, and many, many more PCBs and other, other nasty, nasty things that can, that can exist in the environment. And that, that gets very, very pricey into, um, I think that's 700. So it, it can get very, very expensive if you want to test for absolutely everything under the, um, uh, that, that can possibly be in there. Um, most people don't need to do that. Most people need, most people don't. Um, and they, they choose surprisingly many people choose choose a combination of the two so they will they will pick the um, basic fertility suite in addition to a standard contamination suite get an idea that there isn't any contamination in soil but at the same time um, let's have a look at what kind of soil it is and, and indeed what we can grow there and um, what we need to do to make it even more fertile or more suited to whatever it is we're trying to grow so so the the cost i suppose the answer is the cost vary a great deal depending on what you think the history uh, warrants or indeed, you know, your, your, your interest when it comes to fertility. I'm always, it, it, it's, it's always very surprising when, when experienced gardeners get a, um, get a fertility test and the results are uh, not what they expected. <laughs> I, I can imagine. I think we can all, we can, we're all very happy. Each year, you know, we, we, we uh, harvest time. We, we're, we're thrilled with, um, with what we've grown. And the fact is that unless we're very, very lucky, we can probably take it be even more productive if we know exactly what's there how to what to add when what, what to take away um and perhaps even what to grow in particular areas so we can all uh, we can all learn a little bit more absolutely and and we all know gardening especially grow your own it's all about what's in the soil so mm -hmm. it, it works well to find out what is in the soil and how we can improve upon that so if anybody wants to find out more where do they head to uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> From my perspective, the most important part, um, it is safesoil.co.uk, uh, so www.safesoil.co.uk. Uh, if you search for us, Safe Soil UK in, in, in Google or uh, other search engines are, of course, available, um, uh, we should come top of, the, top of the list. Thank you so much for this chat today. It's been really interesting, and I hope listeners out there will uh, go give it some thought as well. <laughs> Well, it's got this shed nearly empty, which means it will soon be ready to be dismantled. I'd like to thank Robert for coming on to the podcast today. I found it really interesting to discuss soil testing. And it's really got me wondering what could be discovered in my own soils. Now, have you ever tested your soil? And if so, what did you discover? Or are you thinking of testing your soil after hearing this conversation? Let me know what you think. Now, you can leave me a comment at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can email me richard at thevegrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can find me on social media. Just search for The Veg Grower Podcast. That's it for this week. So until next time, please take care.